Welcome to the perfume room. Today's scent of the day is one of my favorites, Commodity Moss. I actually put it on today because I've recently been recommending it a lot as an amazing, more affordable alternative to one of my all-time favorites, which is Le Labo Bergamot 22. I love Bergamot 22. Obviously, if you can get your hands on it, you totally should. But I also recognize that that price tag is a non-starter for a lot of people. But Commodity Moss is a full bottle that costs 105 and I really do think it's a great alternative to Bergamot 22. The main difference I would say is that the experience of how it wears is really linear. And what I mean by that is that what you get when you first spray it on your skin is pretty much what you're going to get throughout the duration of the wear with Commodity Moss, which is not an issue because what you get when you first spray it is actually really wonderful. I'm wearing it right now, as I said, and what I love about it is that that's me sniffing. I don't have a stuffy nose. I'm like doing a live smell for you guys. You get the citrus, you get the mossy notes, you get the spicy notes, you get the aromatic notes, the woody notes, which is exactly what I love about Bergamot 22. It manages to be this sweet, warm, woody, fiery citrus all in one. It's so hard to categorize it. It's To me, it is an everything kitchen sink fragrance that somehow works in the most beautiful, beautiful way. And I feel that way about Commodity Moss. When I wear this, it feels like any person, any gender, any occasion could completely pull off this fragrance. It is just that versatile and so beautiful. My perfume juice of the day, I haven't done a rant in a while. They're usually raves. And this is not a rant. This is more of just like a, a really, like a an eye roll. Okay. So... The other day, I found myself in South Street Seaport, a place that I never find myself, and it's literally because I was at a doctor's appointment two blocks from there, and um, I messed up the time, and I got there an hour early, and I had all this time to kill. I don't find myself in Fidei too often, and I thought, let me go to South Street Seaport, see what all the fuss is about. And I wandered into this pop-up shop and the name escapes me right now. It was some, I think it was called the Gaia Project. I wandered in because I saw some perfume bottles I didn't recognize in the window. And whenever I see that, it always piques my interest and I must know more. And when I walked in, I realized these were Strange Love perfumes, which is a perfume house I've heard of and I really wanted to experience for myself. And I will say, if you find yourself in South Street Seaport, check out that store. It might be a pop-up, I'm not sure, but Duchess who worked there was so helpful and encouraged me to try everything, which is another rant. I hate when you go into an expensive perfume store or an expensive boutique that carries expensive perfume and they try and keep the product from you. Like, are you trying to make a sale? I do not understand. If you have something that is a tester on display, I don't care what the price is. Aren't you trying to sell it to me? I am not going to buy it from you if you do not even let me experience it. So thank you, Duchess, for being so wonderful and encouraging me to try every single fragrance, which I totally did. So Strange Love Fragrances, I needed to experience it for myself because I'm like, anything that costs $495 a bottle, you need to prove it to me. You need to prove your worth. I don't think anything is really worth $495 a bottle. I have tried several fragrances that do come at that price tag and it's so subjective and at a certain price, the quality is going to be great no matter what. I just, what gives you the right to make something $495? And also, if you're going to give me a maximalist price tag, you better give me a maximalist bottle. I don't care about the minimalist aesthetic. Do I have it? Absolutely. But if I'm spending $495 on a bottle of perfume, I want opulence. I want luxury. I want to bathe in it. I want to wear it as a necklace. I want to put flowers in it when the bottle's empty. And these bottles were pretty underwhelming. Although I will say the cap was nice. It was like a pretty um, gold uh, designed, what is that word? Lame. It was like a gold cap with like a nice print on it. So I tried all the fragrances in their line. There were two that stuck out to me. I would not wear any of them. I would not buy them for $150, let alone $495. But the two that stuck out to me as the most intriguing were Silence the Sea, which was the most realistic ambergris fragrance I've ever smelled. If you are literally trying to smell like the beach, the ocean, seawater, and not even in a beautiful way, like you just crave smelling like the actual beach, not sunscreen, beach. You want to smell like seashells. 
Try Silence the Sea. I I respected the artistry of the fragrance um, because I, it was just so photorealistic, but I would not want to smell like that. I would not wear it, but it was lovely, subdued. If the ocean is something you are trying to achieve and you have $495 to spend to do it, definitely check out Silence the Sea. It was intriguing. The next one that, that I would say left a lasting impression was Melt My Heart. And this smelled to me like bougie Swiss miss, you know, like the hot chocolate mix. It says that one of the notes in there is dark chocolate, but I really got like cocoa powder. I'm not even saying like cacao. I'm saying cocoa. Like this smelled like hot chocolate mix. It smelled creamy. It smelled dusty. And maybe that's like some of the orris notes in there that gave it that, that dusty feel. But again, is that lovely? Is that nostalgic? Is that nice? Does it melt your heart? Sure, but for $495, do you want to smell like the ocean or a packet of Swiss Miss? I think not. Enough of perfume juice. Let's get on to our guest. Today we have the incredible David Odyssey. David is a tarot reader and an astrologer. He writes his own astrology column for Nylon. Perhaps you've listened to his podcast, The Luminaries, where in each episode he brings on different iconic guests and they analyze the birth charts of your favorite celebrities. Don't mind all the sirens that you hear in this episode. I am indeed living in New York City again, and that is that. We talk about David traveling to the fifth dimensions, downloading consciousness. We talk about breaking down the signs by the four elements, fire, air, earth, water. But also, David provides an entirely fresh perspective. We go through the signs in this episode based on cardinal signs versus fixed signs versus mutable signs. David analyzes Rihanna's chart to figure out exactly how and why she came up with Fenty. And you guys, you're not going to want to miss it. Spoiler alert, it was written in the stars. We also give Adam Levine the proper credit he deserves, which is none. And most fun, I pulled a list of 12 of the most popular fragrances on the market right now and described them each to David. And then David assigns each of them a zodiac sign. You will not believe who got Baccarat Rouge. David took everything I thought I knew about astrology and turned it upside down. This is an episode not to miss. Without any further ado, here is David. Welcome to the Perfume Room. Today we are joined by tarot, astrology, visionary, reader, intuitive, David Odyssey. David, it is such a joy to have you on the pod. And I am absolutely delighted. Thank you for having me. Yeah. I Okay, so I always start this podcast out by asking guests, are you currently wearing anything? Do you have a signature scent? And do you have any fragrance hot takes? So currently I'm going through this phase where I am wearing like witch oils from Flower Power, which is such a fucking cliche within a cliche. Mm-hmm. Um, but my true like life's calling signature scent is always going to be an oud and usually like a rose oud or a rosebud oud. I love it. Um, So we are building back to my triumphant comeback with some form of an oud. Okay. Okay. So, well, first off, what are the witch oils that you are wearing? Like, I feel like we need more details. That's a good question. There are, I currently have three. You get them in a roll-on at Flower Power Mm -hmm. and they have like they you can see the little herbs in them okay they're these little like clear vials one of them is pan so that is kind of this like sexual lord of the forest like bull god scent when you put it on you feel really like ready to roll okay the other one is hakate uh which is you know the goddess of the liminal the goddess of um of the the threshold so that's a little bit better for like sleep or meditation mm-hmm. and then the other one is weaving the liminal which i'm okay with it's it's a little too not piney it, it, it's almost like it's just too pert it's like too fresh okay. and I need it to be a little bit more relaxed. So those are the three that I'm using. But but when I'm going out, I put on pan because pan is very sexy. Oh, okay. So you love a rose and oud. I love a rose and oud too. Are there any rose oud fragrances that you currently own or are you on the hunt? Um, Apotheki had a rosebud oud candle that was a part of some sort of a psychic awakening that I can never, like that's just like bound into my memory. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to exploring the boy smells rose load. Okay. Um, 
And, you know, I, I deliberated with the Tom Ford Ouds at the Tel Aviv airport, but ultimately was not dazzled. Okay. So I really am on the hunt for any sort of a nice rose, rosebud, or an oud, or all three together. Amazing. Well, I can give you some recommendations. I mean, right off the bat, I feel like you must try, and anyone who listens to this pod is going to be like, stop talking about this fragrance, but Panhaligon's Cairo is the sexiest woody oud with these amazing rose notes. It's a little bit sweet, but it's super woody. Um, It's incredibly enigmatic. And just listening to what you're looking for, I just, I feel like you gotta, you gotta try it. I think you'll love it. Outstanding. I just wrote it down. Thank you. You are so welcome. I want to hear more about the spiritual awakening that you were talking about because, you know, I didn't, I've, I haven't known you personally, but we've, I've known who you were for a few years and I didn't know you had this whole side to you. When did you get into tarot and astrology and what was the awakening? Well, this awakening was a bit separate. This was in early 2017. It was spring and I was sick in bed and I was reading Call Me By Your Name for the very first time. The movie hadn't come out yet. And mm-hmm. the Apotheki like thick rosebud oud candle was just on at all times. And I just remember, like, I, who has the most dissociated experience of being on this planet possible, who really, I, I, my relationship with taste or smell is just not super present, and I'm so mm-hmm. not in my body. Mm-hmm. Reading that book and having that scent, it was the most significant time that I've downloaded into this planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, like... It was just this definitive marker in time where I always knew that I could be in my body, which I usually am not, but I Mm -hmm. still, when I smell that, I'm just like, oh, that was really the spring of my life, you know? Wow. So it's like that smell brings mindfulness and groundedness because you smell it and you can sort of bring awareness to where you want to be. Not even mindfulness is such a depressing term to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Mindfulness is that reading that book was about like discovering one's divine entitlement to love and sexuality. Mm -hmm. So it's more like embodiment, entitlement and some sort of grace, I think. Wow. Okay. Well, you need a rose oud and you need a stat. Stat, baby. Do you have any fragrance hot takes? Like everybody loves this fragrance. You can't stand it, etc. Mm. Honestly, my real hot take with fragrances is this. Let's hear it. I love when men wear heavy cologne. I love the like Euro trash cologne thing. I'm always going to love it. Like I, I was born in Tel Aviv and I spent a lot of my youth there and a lot of my summers there. And it's one of those. Manishma, baby. It's one of those like, you know, Europe adjacent trash countries mm-hmm. where if you go out when i would come home at 5 a.m to my grandmother's apartment i would have other men's cologne and cigarettes in my skin i would not have touched a single human being but i would have the scents were so powerful that they would be in my skin mm-hmm. and my clothes would just be like a wash and mm-hmm. i love that so i know that there's this like you know Obviously, people do not um, love that kind of hyper mask, overly coloned aggro thing, Mm -hmm. but I have a sweet spot for it. I think that's an amazing hot take. I also have a funny image of you as a truly young child, just reeking of cigarette smoke, being like, hello, grandma, and covered in like Dracar Noir or something. Just do Right, me as a twink. And I've never (laughs) smoked in my life. So that was the other thing was that like I as a twink would reek of cigarettes, which I love. Mm. I love that experience of never smoking a cigarette, but like the visceral kind of aura of them just encircling me. I just love that. And I fell in love when I was 18. I fell in love totally unrequited with this 25 year old and he would wear Carolina Herrera 212. Mm. And that for years, when I was in the airport duty-free, mm-hmm. I would I would take as many samples of it as I could because it was such a direct return 
to his smell because I loved that fragrance. It's, it's crazy how transportive smell is. And it's like, it could just be the worst fragrance, but if someone you liked wore it, it's just positive associations. You know, I think that's, okay, one of the things you mentioned in this beautiful um, soliloquy that we just heard was you're talking about your download on earth. This is not perfume related, but what are your thoughts on downloads? I've gotten very in, in this past year, into um, extraterrestrial downloads, into Pleiadian downloads. Is that something that you've explored at all? Tell me more about Pleiadian downloads. I'm fascinated. Okay, well, basically, I started listening to this podcast with this woman. Um, By the way, she would be a great guest on your podcast. She channels dead famous people and has interviews with them, and it's she and her friend, And her friend is an intuitive as well, but is not a psychic medium. She has all these downloads from different alien life. They're DNA activations that are supposed to take your DNA from 3D to 5D and bring you closer with the oneness of existence. Yes, um, definitely. I've been to the fifth dimension and I do work with guides in my own reading practice and generally. So yes, I believe in all of it. Um, Mm -hmm. In terms of downloading other consciousnesses here, yes. Mm -hmm. In terms of getting downloaded up there, yes. And just in terms of if you have been traumatized or dissociated from just this base reality, Uh getting to yourself, get downloaded back. Uh, I also am a firm believer in that, even though I think that's the hardest one. Uh Which sense, the sensual, I'm a Taurus, the sensual experience is what grounds us. So Uh perfume and scent is a part of that reconnection, which is why I do want to be really investing more in them. Yeah, I feel like tourists tend to really gravitate towards fragrance, like you were saying, because it grounds them. And in a way, I mean, you definitely know more than I do. And I wanted to understand what your big three is, what your chart is. Do you feel like you identify with it personally? Yes. I mean, I'm an Aquarius rising, which explains the dissociation. Okay. I'm a Taurus sun, which explains the divine entitlement to like be in my body. And Mm -hmm. I'm a Libra moon which is all about a deep uh, inability to achieve stable selfhood because I'm constantly obsessed with making everyone around me happy. So that's my kind of big three. Wow. You have such awareness of, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really fascinated. I did a, I did a video or I did a series of videos a while ago about like sense that I think makes sense for each sign. Mm. This is just me as someone who's interested in astrology, but is clearly not as well studied as you are. And I kind of had different, you know, ideas of different signs and what I think they tend to like. And I wanted to sort of talk to you about like each sign. Are there certain things that you think they gravitate towards scent wise? Well, I think we should break it up a little bit, which is there's different kinds of signs. So there's Astrology and tarot are broken up into the four elements. You have Mm -hmm. fire, earth, air, and water signs. Yes. Astrology also has three kind of subgroupings, which are cardinal, fixed, and mutable signs. Mm -hmm. So the cardinal signs launch a season, the fixed signs embody a season, and the mutable signs help prepare for transition and adjustment. So the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Libra, in Capricorn. Okay. So this is a very go-getter mentality. This is much more of an, I need to initiate and I need to push things forward. So if we Mm -hmm. think about an Aries or Libra, it's very much about, I want to be seen. I want to be making my debut. Mm -hmm. And if we think about a Cancer and a Capricorn, it's a lot more about, I want to establish some sort of control. So those are the cardinal signs. The cardinal signs I think should have their own scent. Right? It should be yeah. some sort of a look at me, let me launch forward, 100%. et cetera. Yes. So I don't know what that scent would be. So it's so interesting you broke it up that way because I've never, I've, I've heard of like the fixed and the cardinal and the mutable signs, but I've never thought of astrology or sense in that way. I would say if it's, if it's something, it's sort of like the leader of the pack, like maybe the friend in the group that's going to be the one to try it before everyone else and test the waters if I'm like. And the one who's like going to book the Fire Island house and going to like start the group chat and like Mm -hmm. all of that. So I would give 
a cardinal sign, something with patchouli. I think that Mm -hmm. patchouli to me, it's like you're taking a little bit of a risk, but it's grounded. And I think it's also a little bit more mature. And I think it's kind of like the, to me, I think patchouli is really a note that sort of buttons up a fragrance. I think patchouli is really misconceived. People think of it as like hippie, free spirit, frankincense, patchouli. But I think in most designer and niche fragrances, it's really the one that like takes something from sweet to like elegant or takes something Mm. from woody to earthy. And so I think, I think patchouli. Okay. Love that. Then we come to the fixed signs, which are Taurus, hello, Leo, Mm -hmm. Scorpio, and Aquarius. So Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius is, I know what I'm doing. I know who I am. I don't have to prove myself to you. I am the power. I am the dark majesty. Come to me. So that's a little bit more set in its ways. Yes. So I'm wondering what would be a good note for that, which is I'm stationary. You can come to me. Okay, well, I am a fellow fixed sign. I am a Scorpio, so mm. so we would. I guess we would see each other in a park and both be at a standstill about who would walk to each other. We would just be like, "Hello, hello." Well, we're two sides of a coin, exactly. They're diametric opposites. It's a very good friendship, isn't it? It is, uh, and it's an epic power play. Wow. Okay, we need to team up. This is the this is the duo of a lifetime. Okay, exactly. I think. I think fixed signs need something with musk. I think musk is incredibly alluring and enigmatic. It's got like a je ne sais quoi vibe and you don't know what it is that that compels you to this person that draws you in, but there's something very irresistible and almost depending on the way the musk is formulated, it can be even like animalic, like take it as it is, um, dirty, sweaty kind of smell, but it can also be really sexy. Which is very bull, lion, scorpion. Exactly. Yeah. And I think for Aquarius, Aquarius would probably do well with like the eccentric molecules brand because Aquarius is so like cyborg futuristic Mm -hmm. that I think like the whole conceptuality behind that brand um, would be appealing for them. A hundred percent. I also think Aquarius are just the most misunderstood and maybe that's a, maybe I'm speaking from personal experience of like not understanding necessarily the Aquariuses in my life, but there is something really hard to read to me about Aquariuses, which is why I think their sense should be something that's sort of dreamy, but also isn't like when I think of Aquarius sense specifically, I think of something that's grounded in natural notes like aqua and air. Like I pull those words out and I think of something like that because there's there's something grounded in reality, but it's a little bit imaginative. Yeah, it needs to be a little detached right. um, and a little bit more like rigid in terms of concepts because Aquarius is all about idealism and right. conceptualization right. and big picture ideas. So I love that. Aquarius are the ones that want to smell like blooming midnight jasmine with the sea breeze at night. Like they have a story of where they are and they want to smell like the concept of the story i feel exactly exactly um and then lastly we come to the mutables which are gemini Mm -hmm. virgo Mm -hmm. sagittarius and pisces so these are really the chaotic ones these are really the impressionable ones these are the reactive ones um these are the channels the portals the messengers so these, I think it's a little bit more like all bets are off mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's a little bit like more wild and freewheeling and adventurous. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious what you would see with that. So I think those would be sort of just like the fragrances that are known for having one distinct note that's like kind of loud. Like I think of like Tom Ford Lost Cherry, for example, like something that just has like, Mm. like a big cherry note. And you're like, what? Like, do I want to smell like, like maraschino cherries? I don't know. But I think like a Sagittarius would, you know, I, Mm -hmm. or just Mm -hmm. something that's distinct and a little bit odd, but still appealing. But you're just like, I didn't know that I would want to smell somebody who smelled like that. Yeah. What do you think? think mutables need to be like as clear as possible so that the transmission can come through Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure what like what's the best thing to note a gemini when the portal's about to open you know when you say that what do you mean 
Like Alanis Morissette is a Gemini. Okay. Um, Robin is a Gemini. Mm. Um, Grimes is a Pisces. Erica Badu is a Pisces. Shirley Manson's a Virgo. Fiona Apple's a Virgo. Okay. These are signs that are like really these open channels mm. that are receiving and reacting. So they can't be too defined. They have to be a little bit um, able to adjust. Interesting. So, you know, when I did the, when I did like the video series that I did, I did it by each note. And it's interesting because like for a Gemini, for example, and maybe this is too on the nose, but I was thinking a Gemini should wear a scent that really transforms as you wear it and doesn't really have like a linear wear. It's kind of what you were saying. That's like sort of mutable. Um, but for Sagittarius, I thought something that has like a bold note, like a cherry note versus like a Pisces, I thought, I think Pisces would almost want to like something sort of herbaceous, like something that feels mm -hmm. like comforting, but also very clear in what it is, you know, like a rosemary or a thyme. And then Virgo, mm -hmm. I think, I think Virgo too would also sort of gravitate towards like the eccentric molecule type lines of just like very clean and defined of what it is. No, I support that. Okay. I support that. Yeah, that works. Okay, so for you, going back to your chart, we've got Taurus, we've got, did you say? Um, Aquarius. Aquarius and Libra. Mm -hmm. And Taurus is an earth sign and Aquarius and Libra are both air signs. Okay. I wonder, like I'm trying to think of like the perfect fragrance for your big three. So my chart is ruled by the planet Uranus, which mm -hmm. is the planet of upheaval, change, awakening, chaos. But Taurus and Libra, through which I have two major planets, are both ruled by Venus. Venus is beauty, artistry, love, receptivity. Right. So it needs to be this, and I'm so grateful to have you on the case here, the theme is some sort of a futuristic embodiment or some sort of a revolutionary embodiment. So yeah. it's kind of like a Venusian ideal of the 22nd century. Wow, okay, I'm really thinking about that. I mean, when you said that you like Rose Oud, that feels pretty spot on with sort of like what you're sort of describing. Like I feel like the romantic right. Rose and then like the sort of transportive Oud and yeah, I really want you to try Pen Halligan's Cairo. I think you will love it. I'm on the case. I'm curious if I tell you my big three, if you tell me like what sort of scent you think would be right and then maybe I can think of one that I I haven't considered by all means okay so I am a Scorpio sun a Leo moon and a Virgo rising and I have a Scorpio stellium like all throughout my chart so you are a Virgo rising mm -hmm. and you are a Scorpio sun yes and a Leo moon correct so your moon is at the end of your chart in the 12th house. So your moon is your moon, your sense of how you want to be seen and affirmed is in the kind of studio and in the dark invisible realm. Mm -hmm. You're a Virgo rising. So you're the, the call of your chart is how are you going to make an entrance mm -hmm. and how are you going to choose the conditions in which you do get seen and affirmed. Mm -hmm. And then your Scorpio sun is in your third house of self-expression. So you are seeking to um, act as an agent of metamorphosis through your self-expression. Wow. So your scent needs to convey something very exacting, something with really like strong um, borders and self-definition because Virgo is all about the presentation mm -hmm. and the preparation. So your scent needs to feel very purposeful and very like planned out. Mm -hmm. And it also needs to have like a, a twist to it, which is to say your Leo moon wants to test people to see who sees you on the surface and who really sees you. Mm. And your Scorpio wants to play a psychological game of chance and terror with people <laughs> so the scent has to have multiple levels to it which is there's like the first wave mm -hmm. that's kind of obvious but only those who really like pay attention will notice some deeper note that's what you're really into 
Wow. Okay. The scent that really came to mind for me as you were describing this is one that I have been, well, there are two that really came to mind, which would be the first one I thought of was Diptyque Orpheon. And that's a scent Mm. that, that opens in sort of like a fresh, like juniper gin and tonic type way. And so it's, Mm. it's just kind of like clean. It has clear, distinct lines, but then it mutates into this sort of like woody, like sort of warm note. And then at the end, there's like this subtle, sweet jasmine that peeks out that you would only really notice if you like waited it out until the end. Yes, yes. And I feel okay. like I love that scent. And I feel like based on what you just told me I should look for, I'm like, this is why. Diptyque Orpheon. Diptyque Orpheon. I mean, I just, in general, I think it's a great scent and you should try it. I also know in your podcast, The Luminaries, you talk about the charts of different celebrities in every episode. You are very well versed in pop culture and all things celeb. And I wanted to talk about some celebrities that have their own fragrance lines and hear like if you know their charts or what you what you think about that. Well, my friend Dexter had me on a lot of Fantasy by Britney Spears when we were in Fire Island. That's a great one. It's a great one. It is. And Sagittarius is the least subtle of the signs. She's mm-hmm. a Sag, she's a Libra rising. So there's just absolutely no subtlety whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That is actually what I loved about fantasy. I just found it so immediate and refreshing and profound and powerful in the way that Britney Spears herself is and that any Sagittarius is. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, I feel like Britney, I feel like fantasy totally embodies the Sagittarius like energy and the way you described it is exactly when I think of my Sagittarius friends it's like unapologetically themselves and a little bit wild and they're just gonna say what they say and you're gonna accept it or you're not and they'll be fine either way exactly they are agents of change but it's not like subtle or gradual at all no it's like I quit exactly exactly have you done Ariana Grande's chart no I I haven't because frankly she's very young (laughs) Okay. Um, it's just, it's rare that I would do someone that young because like she has, she hasn't even had her Saturn return. True. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just did Azalea Banks, but Azalea is in her Saturn return right now. And mm-hmm. she's a bit more of an epic archetype to me. So I have not done Ariana. Mm-hmm. Ariana is a cancer and you know, I celebrate her. We celebrate. Well, I was asking because I would say she is to celeb perfume today what Britney Spears was in the early aughts. Like Britney Spears fragrances are cult favorites. They are actually great smelling fragrances at affordable prices. And I feel like with Ariana Grande's fragrances, like they compare this one that she has called Cloud to this like $500 fragrance that you can only get in like Bergdorf Goodman's called Baccarat Rouge. And so she's really like making strides in the fragrance industry. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then I wrote down some other celebrities I thought we could chit-chat about. I just said chit-chat. I've never said that. Okay. Well, obviously we did Britney. Um, Adam Levine has a sandalwood fragrance. I know. What? (laughs) Um, What is his chart? Sorry. I like, for me to do a man's chart is like. We should give him no time. You know, it, it, it would only happen like once every 10 years. Um, what is his sign? I have, even? I, I have I'm no just idea. Like, he, oh God, I, I did not want to know that he's also an Aquarius. Oh, he's a Pisces, of course. Okay. okay that checks um, out. Dark, dark magic. Um, he's a, he's a Pisces. He's a Scorpio moon. Stay away. Okay. Okay. Uh, but he has a sandalwood. Yeah. See, that's deceptive to me. Um, okay. Because he is Venus in Aquarius and he's Mars in Pisces. Mm-hmm. This is all an act. Okay. Okay. He has similar Venus and Mars to Paris Hilton. Oh, interesting. So this is basically like a drone operator <laughs> operating a human body. Okay. So him trying to market off the authenticity of sandalwood is totally disingenuous. Okay. You know, Paris Hilton at least chooses like candy. Right. Like cotton candy. Yes. Yes. Right. Because it is inauthentic because she is a cyborg. Right. And she's admitting that. Right. <laughs> I, I find something really treacherous when a man with his chart chooses something like sandalwood or musk or tobacco or leather because those are supposed to be do you hear me i'm going off on a complete hot take no this is what i want this is amazing male scents 
are supposed to speak to some like lost authenticity of masculinity. Right. And it's like, you are not that. Yes. Don't pretend that you are that. Right. Because I'm looking at your chart and you're not. Go off. You should be wearing a chart. If he were more like, I am Jesus of Nazareth, I'm wearing Birkenstocks. Right. Like if he went in that direction, fine. Fine. If he went in his yoga direction, fine. fine. If he did more of like a, these are the scents from my ashram, fine. I just find the sandalwood thing to be a little bit like, you know who you're marketing to and you know what you're selling. Right. Okay. Right. No, it's a gimmick. I fully love that take. And I'm sorry I even brought up a male's name. We can go straight no, back to it, the women. No, it really got a reaction. It's okay. No, I, I, it's, it's shocking. I had forgotten to even think about them generally. I didn't even know I had a policy. So wow. you taught me something. And honestly, um, we got a really rare exclusive moment where we did analyze a male celebrity's chart. So how, how, exci- For once. how yeah. exciting you heard it first. I'm interrupting this cosmic goodness for today's Perfume 101. How is the perfume industry regulated? This is a question that has come up a lot recently. Before we get to that, I just want to make a comment. I think there's a huge trend in the industry right now, in the fragrance industry, in the beauty industry, towards transparency of products and ingredients. And I am all for that. I think it's really important as a consumer to know what you're putting in or on your body. With that said, I think calling something a clean fragrance is bad for the fragrance industry in general because then a consumer assumes that if a fragrance is not marketed as clean, it must be dirty or toxic. The perfume industry is so regulated and the two big agencies that do this are IFRA and RIFM. IFRA stands for the International Fragrance Regulatory Association. They regulate the contents and they regulate the quantities of the contents that go into perfume. If something is deemed not to be safe for consumption or skin application, it is then banned and is no longer used. And now on to RAFM, which is the Research Institute of Fragrance Materials. That is an agency that conducts scientific studies and research on which ingredients can be used in perfumery. The panel that controls this consists of dermatologists, toxicologists, and environmental scientists. All this to say, I fully trust perfume. I trust IFRA. I trust RAFM. I feel very strongly that perfume is safe. Love me some clean fragrance, but I don't necessarily think the other fragrances are unsafe for me. And the other thing I'll say is just because you are allergic to a specific ingredient does not make it a mass allergen. Back to David. The other celebrities I'm going to name, I'm sure you have better feelings about, and they are, you can pick any one of them, Dolly Parton, Cher, Sarah Jessica Parker, or Rihanna. They all have fragrances. Tell me about Rihanna's fragrance. Okay, so Rihanna's actually a pretty interesting one because Rihanna just came out with this fragrance in the Fenty line that she picked like a turquoise blue case because she thinks that that's just like a color that evokes happiness no matter who or where you are. Then the bottle itself is like this like amber color very elegant and then the notes are sort of fruity and citrusy and fresh with like a hint of sweetness which I will be honest is not what I was expecting from her and the reviews I haven't tried it but the reviews that I've heard are that it smells like a really good passable everyday nice fragrance that you won't get sick of and I almost expected but maybe I'm in you know tell me if you disagree that she would come out with like a banger like a fragrance that you just like you wear it on the street people stop you in your tracks and they're like you smell amazing and instead she went the like play it safe mm. like pretty almost libra like like really likable across the board rihanna is a pisces obviously mm-hmm. we all know that she's the ultimate pisces mm. however rihanna is aries rising aries moon aries venus okay and Aries is Aries is the opposite of Libra, so you're on to something. Aries is Aries is very direct. Aries is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Aries is very linear. So though Rihanna is able to tap into the Piscean awareness on a cultural, social, industrial level through which she kind of emerges, her point of view is actually very direct which is kind of what we love about her. Mm -hmm. So it kind of makes sense to me 
that this scent would be a little bit less Piscean profound and more airy is just like immediate. What you get is what you get. Hmm. Interesting. Well, okay. The other thing about Rihanna too. So this line just launched, but she was notoriously in the perfume world, the celebrity that everyone said, this celebrity is the best smelling celebrity in person. She wore a fragrance, allegedly, called Love Don't Be Shy by Killian, which is like this multi-hundred dollar fragrance that smells like marshmallows and orange blossoms. And it's sweet, but it's not cloying. And it's kind of like what you love about like the pink sugar, aqualina, teenage scents, all grown up in like an adult form. And so that was notoriously what she wore before this fragrance and probably still wears. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. I had no idea about that. Does that check out? God love her. God love her. Yeah, it does check out to me because there's just a lot in her chart about what is seen and what is not seen. And her Aries really knows how to put something out. Mm -hmm. And her Pisces is a little bit more hidden and receptive. Mm. So I like that there's a bit of a difference between what she wears and what she gives. Interesting. She's, I mean, she's got an enigmatic quality too, which I think like, I don't know. Do you feel like Pisces, that's, that's true for Pisces. Like I feel like Scorpio and Pisces are both sort of like riding on that, like mysterious emotional wavelength. Well, her Mercury is in Aquarius. So the way she expresses herself is a little bit more pulled back behind the curtain. Mm -hmm. And then the Pisces yeah, that's her only means of, of protecting herself is by erecting boundaries. Otherwise, the Pisces will just get totally swept up and swept away. Mm. You know what, David, as we're talking here, I thought of another fragrance that I think you should add to your try list. Because I, by was, all means. I was thinking, like, I want you to leave here and not only have enlightened this entire podcast about the types of scents that people should be wearing, but I want you to have something you can try. My brain was like wandering as we were changing the topic about how you need something that's sort of romantic, but almost like a bit industrial and futuristic. And this fragrance really came to me. And that is Kieran NYC Rose Ink. It is a Oof. small New York based perfumery. They are clean, vegan, etc. all the things. And they have a fragrance called Rose Ink, which to me smells like this cool, industrial, eclectic, enigmatic rose. And you get the romantic rose element. And it's it's like the smell of the person who would be like smoking a cigarette, but not in like the Dracar Noir way. Like the like, just at the end of the night is like, let's have like a, let's just have a nightcap with like a cigarette. And like, maybe they started the night with like an espresso martini and ended it with a cigarette, you know? Oh my God, take me to heaven. Yes. yes. That's it. That's exactly what I want. I feel like you must Here in try- NYC, I'm on the case. Yes, yes. I've tried Rose Load and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I liked it, but it didn't wow me. I think the first, and actually I had um, Jake Cornell on the podcast, who I know he was mm-hmm. in the Fire Island house with you guys. And he said it reminded him of his grandmother's bathroom. So Okay, that's good to know. Good to so know. So I'm going to go straight to Kieran NYC. Yes. Thank you for telling me. You are welcome. But not in a bad way. He loves his grandmother. Um, it's just it's just the, the, the mood it evoked, you know? I don't think that that's what you're trying to portray. Okay, this is major. Major. Are they in New York or it's just a site? Um, they don't have a store location. I think they're based in Harlem. But you can order, okay. like, a sample from their site, and they are... Amazing, And I think Rose Ink. I think Rose Ink is going to be it. But I also, I still say Cairo too. But Rose Ink is special. It's like industrial rose. It is cool. I want to talk more about your scent memories, your scent associations. We talked about your childhood in Tel Aviv, Manishma, Shalom, L'Chaim. I'm just trying to make it clear to everyone listening that these are two Jews talking on a podcast. I think I've done it. So you are Jewish, Emma, because Mm -hmm. based off of that display, I really... I know. I I really could have gone either way there. Not to go Lady Gaga on you, but... Okay, okay. That was... T. Yes. T, welcome. Thank you so much. How long did you live in Tel Aviv for? And, like, are there any smells you associate with, like, pivotal moments growing up? Mm. I lived there 
in you know the most that I was living there was the Obama first term era and what I associate were really the big Euro trash trends which I would say like I said Carolina Herrera mm -hmm. and I would also say Paco Rabanne had mm. a huge we don't talk comeback, about Paco Rabanne Right. And I think it was around 2008 through 2011, Paco Rabanne had a huge thing with the 100, I think it was called, and gold. Yes. And the ads were everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was like these ads of these really skinny Italian men, mm -hmm. like snapping. <laughs> and, you know, it was just so overpowering. Oh, my God. So over um, the top. I did not care for the Paco Rabanne. Yeah. But I would say, like, men in those countries are really loaded up. You know, they are yeah. really not subtle. They are not playing around. So it's it's pretty intense. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I, I just have a lot of fondness for that sort of over-the-top presentation of masculinity. It's so interesting, too, that you say over-the-top masculinity because I feel like everything is ass-backwards in the U.S. And there's this idea that if you invest in personal care, if you invest in fragrance, it's like not masculine, right? And then you go anywhere in Europe and like the most machismo, macho guys are doused in cologne. Yes. And like my, my boyfriend's Mexican, for example, and he said like when he was like seven years old, his dad gave him a cologne. Like it's just like, it's a different, it's a different culture. I will always be seduced a little bit more by that, mm -hmm. um, which is so like trashy, but that's just who I am. It's not trashy, and on this podcast, in this world, we welcome it, and it's a safe space. So, do you have a smell you associate with high school? With high school would be Calvin Klein 1, mm -hmm. and um, my mom got me jupe, juke, jupe? Jupe. For my bar jupe mitzvah. Om. Oh my god, terrible. that's so funny. It's a terrible, I hate jupe om, I hate it. Terrible. But I did like Calvin Klein 1. Yes. And Calvin Klein Summer. Mm -hmm. um, so those, you know, they're very basic to me, uh, but they were very crisp. So I like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I associate those with high school. And where, when you weren't living in Tel Aviv, where did you grow up? I grew up in Texas. Oh, where in Texas? Houston. It's not remarkable. Oh. There's nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing to discuss, but yes. <laughs> Is there a smell you associate with Houston? No, I feel nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Aquarius. If I'm not like... If I don't care, it's there's nothing. Like I'm not even aware of it, you know. Right, right. It's, it does no impression whatsoever. And exactly. What do you what do you associate with the smell of New York City? You've lived here for some time. Mm. Well, I really have to think about that. New York, L.A. has this like beachy sterility to me. This like salty malice, and I find mm -hmm. New York to have this like grimy cocaine um, vibe to it that's like a little bit more gothic and um, seductive grim, you know? Yeah, kind of like Rose Inc. by Kieran. Wow. I hope so. The smell of cocaine. Yeah, New York City, baby. We love it. That's right. Are you someone who, in your spiritual practice, uses like Palo Santo or a sage or anything oh, yeah. of, of the like? There's always incense burning. There's incense burning right now. Okay, what are the incense burning? What does your home smell like? Um, I have incense for every reading I'm doing. There's always incense going and there's oh. sage every night. So yes. there's a lot of that in this house. Um, and I use an Egyptian musk body wash. Okay. That I find really hot. Mm -hmm. So there's that. There's a lot of rose incense, a lot of dragon's blood incense if I want to get work done. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Have you ever, you were talking about how you sage the apartment every night. Have you ever done a reading and felt like there was negative energy left over? More readings, I kind of am okay because I have like such a pr procedure mm -hmm. for that. Um, and you know, there's all sorts of things I do after a reading and there's usually some sort of a salt bath or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's social encounters where I'm truly destroyed after. Mm -hmm. And even Saturday night I was in the East village and I was like, if I don't get out of here, I'm dead. Like I, right. they will take everything I have left. <laughs> so 
I'll have a social encounter where I'm like, I was just attacked by a demon, period. Like, right. and I'm, I'm just destroyed. Um, so that's where I'm needing a little more protection. Where are the demons in the East Village? So we know to avoid. They've taken over. There's nowhere is safe. Um, oh, okay. Nowhere, they- no one is safe. The East Village is full of demons, another uh, perfume room exclusive, so just be extra careful. And by the way, you know the West Village is not so safe either. Washington Square Park is is a, is what I consider will be ground zero of the class war. <laughs> the class war? Okay, so what, so what are you cleansing from in Washington Square Park? Washington Square Park, it's just, there's no boundaries. There are no thresholds. All portals are open at once. All portals are open 100%. Yeah, it's not... It's not safe. You know, it's so interesting. That is, I've never heard Washington Park described as all portals are open, and I've never heard a better explanation for Washington Square Park. It has every single thing about New York City is happening all at once in a different part of Washington Square Park. Exactly. Wow. Okay, well, David, this has been an incredibly, incredibly enlightening conversation with you at the end of the podcast we usually play a game called what's that smell Mm, what's that smell it's rapid fire scent association i thought we would switch it up a little today Mm, what's that scent so i have pulled a list of 12 of the most popular fragrances that are like sold today whether they deserve the hype or not you know different story and I'm going to explain, like, what the gist of the fragrance is to you. And you tell me, like, first take, who do you, what, what sign would you pair it with? Okay, great. Let's do it. And if one comes up later and you're like, oh, no, that should be the Sag one, these are all mutable, baby. Okay, you ready? That's right. That's okay. right. Yes. Okay. In no particular order, the first one we have is Dior Sauvage. You might be familiar. Mm, God, I love Sauvage. I fucking love Sauvage. Okay, no words necessary. Who do you give it to? But Sauvage, to me, is going to go to a Capricorn. Okay, and what's the rationale? There is this, like, obsession with authority and dominance and abuse that Capricorns have, and Sauvage has, you know, I I understand the Johnny Depp associations, even though he's a Gemini, but I think, like, the power shit is very Capricorn. Yeah, I think Dior Sauvage could be, like, the abusive partner, to be honest. Capricorn is the devil. Capricorn is literally Satan, so... Right. We have the East Village, and we have Capricorns, and there is no distinction between the two. The next one I'm going to give is... Maison Francis Kirkshawn, Baccarat Rouge 540. This is a fragrance that has blown up. Somehow TikTok has convinced a bunch of like 15-year-old girls to go buy this $400 fragrance that quite frankly, I believe, smells like burnt sugar, cotton candy, and rubber. But people think it's irresistible and seductive and sweet. This sounds to me um, a little bit Virgo. Virgo? Okay, interesting. Why? This is just a little bit Virgo trying to be like, look, I can still be a girl. Like, look, I can still be innocent. The world isn't all punishment. It's just very, like, Catholic and virginal. And, like, there's there's some sort of a psychological thing going on here. Right. Like, someone who's like, I heard that this is the sexy fragrance, but in a very naive way. And, like, can this save me? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Okay. The next one on our list is Tom Ford Lost Cherry. I talked about this a little bit before, but it's kind of like maraschino cherries with like a little bit of like a sour sort of like whiskey note in there. Just like Mm. powerful, sweet, intense cherries. This to me would be Aries. This is just pretty direct. Mm -hmm. Spring, new season, life, that sort of thing. Okay. I see that for sure. The next one you might have smelled is a very cult classic. Well, not classic. It's not like super old, but Creed Aventus. It's like every, it's like the most popular best-selling luxury men's cologne on the market right now. And it's got notes of like pineapple and herbal notes and citrus notes and blue notes. Um, I don't even know exactly like how to describe it, except that it smells like a man in... Probably a Hugo Boss, specifically, in, like, a Hugo Boss suit. That fits really well. This sounds like a Pisces to me. Okay, and and why? This sounds like a Pisces kind of top. 
Pisces mm. top energy. Pisces very, top energy. Um, yeah, it's very like I've collected these influences and now I'm going to synthesize them and fuck you. Okay. Wow. Yeah. What neighborhood would um, would a Cretaventus wear or live in? This is tragic. These are the men who I go to Williamsburg to have sex with who I hate. Okay. Okay. They wore Cretaventus. You probably had a nice experience in their apartment, at least. They probably have a headboard, so... Yeah, of course. Yeah, they're Pisces. They're freaks. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The next one is, Juliet has a gun, not a perfume. This is a scent that literally has one ingredient, and it's called um, Ambroxan, which is literally like a synthetic musk. It smells, to me, it's got like a little sweetness, a little soft, and it basically kind of smells like someone who's wearing just like like the way that like clean laundry has a smell it doesn't smell like clean laundry but the way that like someone who doesn't wear fragrance but maybe you could smell their laundry it gives off about that much that's probably aquarius um Mm -hmm. that's probably aquarius's natural state okay that's the resting state of a little bit not fully here a little bit not full yeah wow you're opening my eyes because this is not how i saw them and this is fascinating so the next up, this name is problematic. I did not name the fragrance. Byredo Gypsy Water. This is another cult favorite. It's got, um, it kind of smells like vanilla extract and like a little bit woody. Mm. Mm. That sounds a little cancer to me. Okay. That sounds a little bit like tribal earth den. Let me breastfeed you. <laughs> it's a little bit like let's light a fire and look into each other's eyes. It sounds pretty cancer to me. I'm loving your takes. These are so fucking good. Okay. Okay, next up, we have another best-selling cologne. We have Bleu de Chanel, and that is sort of like a musky, blue, citrusy, fresh, slightly sweet men's scent. Um, pretty mm. pretty likable. It doesn't really make like a loud statement, but it's you can definitely notice it, and it's pretty easygoing and likable. That sounds pretty Libra to me of who's that boy? What's his deal? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he's like me. Mm-hmm. It's just very like enough to make you noticeable, but not too overpowering. So people can project onto you and then become obsessed with you. And then right. you can use them in your ruthless ambition. Right. They've created what they want to see in you. It's very mutable. You can yes. create your own image. Okay. We have Santal 33. I'm sure you know this one. Oh, delicious. Nice sandalwood scent. I'm going to have to claim this for Taurus. I just think it is so, like, mm, I, I, I feel see that. good. I'm eating well tonight. Okay. The next one we have is D&G Light Blue. This one is a citrus scent. This is a very specific smell. You might be able to come with me on this journey or not. The best way I could describe it, it's like a cedar citrus. And the cedar reminds me of the cedar chips that you would find in a hamster cage at a pet store. This would be, I think, Sag. Okay. There's just enough to make a strong statement. I think it's Mm -hmm. Sag. Okay. We've got three more left. We are powering through this. Next up, we have Moogler Alien. This is a fragrance um, that sort of morphs as you wear it. It opens up with this, um, I mean, the name is Alien. It opens up with this like really like intense jasmine note, but there's nothing, it's like an evening jasmine. It is like a going out. Like this is the fragrance that you smell on a woman in a club and she smells like intense evening floral. Scorpio, baby. Scorpio. Dark majesty. Okay. Dark majesty. She wants to bring you into the into the sarcophagus with her. Yes, yeah, that's my MO. Okay, next up, we've got two more. Black opium. This is a fragrance that I personally find is a little bit sweet for my preference. Another like bestseller. It's got notes of coffee, allegedly. It doesn't smell like coffee. It really just smells like really sweet, not in a cotton candy way. Sweet and a little bit darker. Hmm, and what's the one after that? The last one is Black Orchid and that is a fragrance um, that is similar to Alien. I think what the separate, Alien has like just like a really intense specific jasmine note. Black Orchid, it kind of smells enticing and alluring and dark, but then there's this weird distinct note in it that you're just like, what am I smelling? And that is the orchid. It's a little bit almost like off-putting, but seducing because it's it, it's a little bit jarring. I would say black orchid for Leo. 
I think so too. And I think Gemini could honestly do any of the fragrances we just talked about. I think Gemini can go with any of them. Gemini is so open in that way. So we'll give Gemini black opium and there we have it. We just went through all 12 signs and that's right, baby. You did it. You did it, David. Okay. Well, David, it has been a true, true joy to have you on the pod. I, you've changed, you've changed my mind about how I, um, pair scent with different signs. I love the way that you just went through that. Um, I hope you love Rose Inc. by Kieran. And it's thank you. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, yeah, I can't wait to. Thank you so much for coming and on. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, until next time. Until we meet again. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon. And illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 